Would you please stand up with me? I'm going to do the scripture reading for today. It's found in Mark uh, chapter 6. If you'd like to look that up, Mark chapter 6. Uh, I'm going to read uh, verses 45 uh, through 56 of Mark chapter 6. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake... They thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. And as soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, and countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, And all who touched it were healed. This is God's word. You may be seated. You know, storms, they kick up. It could be a snow squall. I mean, living in northern Michigan, I'm sure you've experienced one of them. Uh, A thunderstorm in the summertime. Uh, I was uh, headed uh, down to Orlando this past Monday for a church planter assessment center. And I was halfway on the flight, and I realized I didn't know where my key fob was at. Now, this isn't the key fob to the rental car. This is my key fob, (laughs) okay? And we only have one of them. And so I frantically searched through my bags, and the the realization came to me, I don't have my key fob. It is lost. And that was like a cloudburst of worry (laughs) into my life. What am I going to do? Who am I going to call? How am I going to get back home when I get back to Detroit? You know, it was a pop-up storm. Isn't it amazing how quickly one can pop up in our lives? And this is what the disciples are facing Jesus has told them, he told his disciples to get into the boat and go on to the other side while he went up the mountain to pray. Hmm. He sent them out and he went the other direction and when they're in the boat, the wind starts to blow. In an older uh, translation of the Bible, it says that the boat was buffeted by the winds. 
Now that sounds like a nice term, doesn't it? Like, like a buffet table or something, you know, like something nice is happening. Buffeting with the winds, it's not a nice thing. It's to hit something repeatedly with great force. They were being pounded in this boat as they were trying to move and go in the direction that their leader had told them. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You're being pounded in your life. You're experiencing repeated blows. I want you to listen up though. I have something for you today. God's word has something for you today. God wants you to know that there is a message in the storm. The storm that you're in right now, whatever it may be, there's a message in the storm. There's a, there's something, there's some information. There's some communication that we get through the storms in this life. So what we're going to learn today or be reminded of today maybe, the message is the storm is that Jesus reaches out and he invites us to reach back. That's the message in the storm. Jesus is reaching out. He's reaching out to you. Reach back. Reach back. He's inviting you to reach back. And when we reach back, we get to know Jesus. That's the mission of Genesis Church, is to know Jesus and to make Him known. When you reach back, you get to know Jesus. You get to know His power. And you're enabled to overcome, no matter what you face. Now let me show you from this passage how Jesus reaches out. Here's the first one. Jesus sees. It's Mark 6, 48. It'll be on the screen. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Can you imagine the conversation in the boat? Why in the heck are we in this boat right now? Can you imagine what they were saying? Why are we out here? This is so hard. This is Jesus. He sent us out here. Isn't it easy when you're in the storms to start to play the blame game? Just raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. I've been in many car rides where <laughs> there's some blame game going on. And I'm sure it was happening in that boat. They might have been speculating, does Jesus even care? Look what He's done to us. But the passage says Jesus sees He has a visual on what is happening, what is going on. And you know, I I thought this was an interesting phrase Jesus sees. It happens throughout the Gospels. Those are the biographies of Jesus' life, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're all there. Grab one of these journey Bibles, take it with you, read through there. You'll read about Jesus what does it mean when Jesus sees? It's, it's a very heartwarming thing, I want to tell you. It's not look with disdain. It's heartwarming. And I want to give you a couple examples. Over in Mark, we, we looked at this early on uh, this year. <clears throat> Mark chapter 1, verse 41. Uh, it says that Jesus sees the leper. The leper was the social outcast. The leper was the one who was skin was diseased 
No one wanted anything to do with him. And it says, Jesus saw him and his heart was filled with compassion. Another passage is more of a summary. It says that Jesus, he, the crowds, the multitudes kept coming, you know. And it says Jesus saw the crowds and he, he saw the people. He saw the harassed and the helpless. This is Matthew 9. He saw the harassed and the helpless like sheep not having a shepherd. And his heart broke for them. Here's another one over in Mark 10. We'll look at this a little later this year. Mark chapter 10. There was this guy who's a young guy. He's famously called the rich young ruler, if you've ever heard that before. And he comes to Jesus and he's uh, having some questions and he asks Jesus, what must a man do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asks him, have you, you kept the Ten Commandments? And he's like, check. And then it says this, that, that Jesus looked at him and he loved him. You see, this, this idea of Jesus sees is incredible. It's heartwarming. Now, I lost my fob, right? <clears throat> I was really irritated. I was disappointed in myself, irritated with what had happened. It's 11 p.m. and I land, and I'm all frantic trying to call people that won't answer because people don't care that you've lost something. Does that make sense? Only you care <laughs> at 11 p.m., and then it just came to me, your sermon, dummy. Jesus knows. He sees. He cares. I'm not alone. How do we know Jesus is reaching out? Jesus sees the challenges you are up against. He sees what you're facing. He knows it. He cares, and you don't have to go it alone. You don't have to handle it on your own. He sees the challenges that you're up against. And my question to you this morning is, what is repeatedly hitting you? Maybe it's a struggle with your spouse. Maybe it's a um, chronic sickness. It's not going away. I just want you to know Jesus sees. That's the message in the storm. He sees and he cares. What else? Let's look at the next one. It's number two. It's Jesus speaks. Jesus speaks. So they're in the boat. They're straining, you know, against the waves and the, the wind. And uh, this is where Jesus walks on the water. Verse 48 tells us he went out to them. It's many hours after they've been out there. And he is going out to them. And then in the same verse it says, he was about to pass them. And you know, I study that and I'm like, this is, this is weird. This doesn't make any sense. Is, which one is it? Is he going to or is he going to go past, uh, past them? And so uh, it's both. It's both. And you could say that Jesus is stirring up the pot here a little bit. Um, he's bringing the disciples to the breaking point. To the breaking point of realizing 
they cannot control the situation that they are in. They thought he was a ghost. And what happens? They freaked out. (laughs) They were freaking out. And this can go two ways. They can keep trying what they're trying to do, which is the definition of insanity, right? Or they can cry out. And it says, the scripture says, they cried out. They were in, in, you know, very real ways. They were recognizing their brokenness, their inability to change the situation, a situation that was getting worse. And they were acknowledging their need. This is what it says here, uh, Mark um, 6.50. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. It's a bad situation. It's getting worse. Isn't that what happens in storms? Like problems seem to escalate. They get worse. You know? They're at the breaking point. And they decide to abandon the tough guy look. And they get real with Jesus. They cry out. And Jesus, when they cry out, Jesus gives them perspective. He gives them an understanding. He says, take courage. It is I. It is not a ghost. It is I. And he says, don't be afraid. How do we know Jesus is reaching out? Here's the second idea. Jesus speaks life-giving words in the midst of the storm. Jesus speaks. He does. When you are at the end of yourself and you're ready to look to Him, He speaks. He gives life-giving perspective and insight in the storm that you're facing. We have the Bible. We have the Gospel accounts of Jesus time on earth and those speak to us if we're going there if we're bringing that into our lives i want to give you a couple examples of this Uh, there's a a passage in john chapter 8 and um, this lady it says was caught in the very act of adultery and so um, the whole village comes out They're condemning her with capital punishment. According to their tradition, according to the law. So they bring her out. Everybody has a stone in their hand. And Jesus happens to be there and he's on the ground and he's writing, doing something in the sand. And uh, Jesus stands up and says, He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And then over a period of time, everybody dropped their stones and rocks and they went away. And then a little later, Jesus said to the lady, where are, the, where are your condemners? And she said, they have left. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Now go and leave your life of sin. Wow. Jesus speaks. He speaks to the situations in our lives. It can be difficult what he has to say to us. 
I told you about the rich young ruler. He comes. He asks, what must a man do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, hey, are you keeping the commandments? Yes, I am. Jesus looks at him and he loved him. And this is what he said to him. He said, go sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. That may be a hard one for us to hear. But Jesus loved him and he knew what was standing between him and God. It was his possessions. Jesus gives life-giving words. Each of these people and many, many more through the Scripture, we read their stories and they speak to us. But here's the thing. They were coming to Jesus. They were crying out. They were ready to hear what He had to say. The way He was leading. They were beginning to reach back. You see, Jesus is reaching out. And and He wants us to turn back. He wants us to turn our head. He wants us to reach back to Him. Okay? Jesus speaks. He speaks life-giving words. He gives perspective. Do you have anything you need perspective on in your life right now? Anything that is just blowing you up? So when you're facing difficulty, you're in a storm, know this. Jesus sees. He sees what you're going through. And he cares. And Jesus has something for you. He speaks. He has something to tell you that will give you perspective. Well, here's another part of the message in the storm. It's this. It's number three. It's Jesus supports. It says here that then, this is verse 51, then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. Jesus supports means he gives attention. It means he enables you to overcome. He provides for those situations that you may find yourself in. And in this case, he gets in the boat and it says the wind died down. Okay? And, And we've studied this, that in this series, Real Jesus, like who Jesus is, he... He's in control of Mother Nature. He does miracles. And in this case, he gets in the boat and the wind stops. The wind dies down. He can do more than you or I can ask for. He can do more than you and I can imagine. He's God. He's God incarnate. He came to earth. To show us how to live. And when we turn to Him, we have all the resources of the Creator God for us, supporting us. So let me tell you about a guy um, I met in my time down in in Florida. A guy named Chad. Um, He was a guy that came to the Church Planter Assessment Center in order to be to figure out he desires to be a pastor and to find out if he has the skill set to be someone that could start a new church. Genesis is involved in helping new churches get started to reach younger generations. And so this guy came and <clears throat> got to know him a little bit. I was one of the assessors at this. And he comes from a really rough background. I mean really rough. 
Um, he was selling drugs from like 13 years old and older. And uh, then uh, he broke one of the rules of selling drugs, I've heard. Don't get high on your own supply. Okay? And he got addicted. Uh, and it led to very hard drugs like meth, methamphetamine. He got addicted to that. And, and at one point, he hit rock bottom. His life was jacked up pretty bad. And he, he, he looked to God. He looked to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord. And, and God saved him. God saved him eternally, we believe. If you put your hope in Jesus Christ, you are saved. And he was saved. And God took away the addiction. He's been sober for three years. And um, it, it's a miracle. It's a miracle what has happened in this guy's uh, life. His name is Chad. Now, how do I know that it's true? Eyewitness. His wife was there. They've been married 13 years. And she said the first 10 years of our life was pure hell. He went to prison. He's a womanizer. You name it. It's there. And she said, the last three years, I don't know who this man is. He's changed. God has transformed him. And continues to transform him. No one's perfect. Here's the thought. Jesus is able to support you beyond your imagination. He's able to support you. He's able to help you. He's able to strengthen you, to give you what you don't think you have. If you're in a marriage and you think this marriage is over, He can supply you with the strength to carry on. He can get you through. He can support you. Now, i got to tell you about the fob, okay? No, I did not miraculously find my fob. That would have made a great sermon, wouldn't it? That would have given my words a lot of power, wouldn't it? Nope, it's gone. I think somebody found it and sold that puppy. They go for quite a bit on eBay. So, You know, but here, here's the story, though. Jesus gave me the support during that time. He gave me peace. He really did. I was freaking out when I first got there. I was ticked. Everything else. Disappointed in myself. And then it was like, it's okay. The Lord knows. He's going to, I'm going to figure this out tomorrow morning. I'll come up with a plan and we'll figure out which way I should go. I had all kinds of really good ideas. A couple of people from here said, try this, try that. Most of them were, eh, <laughs> they didn't work. <laughs> but you know, I had peace. And that's what I want for you. I want you to experience that. Jesus sees. He sees what you're going through. He speaks. He speaks. He's there. It's available to you to hear. He supports when you reach back. You see, He's reaching out. He's reaching out for you. He wants you. He wants to help you. And we just need to reach back. And my friends, I just I urge you to reach back. Now, here's the conclusion. What happens when we reach back? That's kind of four here. 
Jesus shares. Jesus shares. Jesus shares. He gives you a portion of His incredible riches. When you reach back, He gives you a portion of His incredible riches. Here they are. When you follow Jesus, you get an enduring purpose. Your purpose is greater than just earthly pursuits. He gives you an enduring purpose. And you get to share in His powerful ministry. That's what we see in the passage here. The disciples who cried out, Jesus got in the boat, the wind died, they went to Gennesaret, and then they started healing more people. And more and more, the faith of the disciples are, is built up. And they begin to see who Jesus is and what Jesus is about. Do you know that Jesus is reaching out to you? You may be hearing like, Norm Byers, I haven't been to church in years. I'm watching today, let's say. Um, I want you to know He is reaching out to you. Just the very fact that you're here this morning, the very fact that you're watching, that He wrestled in your spirit to tune in today, is to me a sign that He is reaching out to you. And He's inviting you. He's pursuing you and He's inviting you. And I urge you to cry out to Him. It doesn't have to be any sophisticated prayer. Jesus, help me. I say that so often. Somebody comes to me like, I'm dealing with this. I have a marriage problem. Or this is happening. I'm like, Lord, help me. Please help me as I talk to them. Because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say to them right now. Please help me, Lord. He's there. That's all you need to do. If you don't know Jesus personally today, you can know Him personally by reaching out to Him. He wants you to do that. And I urge you to do that. Okay, we're going to wrap the Zach's going to come up here. We're going to wrap this up pretty soon. But um, do you have something actionable today? I want to ask you that. Do you have something to do as a result of what I've shared with you? Something actionable. I want to give you some suggestions because... Scripture says that don't merely listen to the Word. Don't merely listen to what the message of the Bible says, but do something about it. Work it out. Work it into muscle. I know you're all impressed with my muscles up here. Work it into muscle. What are you doing with it? So I'm going to give you a couple suggestions here. Um, First one is this. Make Jesus your forgiver and your leader. Make Jesus, choose to follow Jesus. Make him your forgiver from your sins and the leader of your life. This is what Jesus says famously in Matthew 11. This is another one of those ways that he speaks to us. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Is that you today? Just call out to him. Let me give you the ABCs of this. A, B, C. Okay? A, admit. Admit you need him. I need you. I can't do this on my own anymore. It's too hard. Admit. Admit you're a sinner. I've sinned. I've done wrong. I've blown up things. I've blown up my family. Just come clean. It's okay. And then B, remember, A, admit. B is believe. Believe Jesus cares. 
Believe Jesus cares about you. Believe that he came into this world 2,000 years ago to carry for you a burden that you couldn't carry. And that's the cross. He died on the cross for our sins. Believe in that. And then C, remember A, admit. B, believe. And C is commit. Go all in. Like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to follow you. Jesus Christ. That's one of the greatest actionable things you could do right now that will change the trajectory of your life. I believe that with all my heart. I've seen that. I've experienced that. And I urge you to do that. All right, let's go to another one here. Pour over the words of Jesus. Pour over the words of Jesus. Pour over. You know, sometimes, and uh, this one may be for anybody, but followers of Christ, we're not in the Bible. We're not reading it. We're drawing from social media. That's what our root system is kind of connected to or MSNBC or Fox or some other news thing. You know, that's where we're getting our edification, our building up. And I want to I urge you, pour over the words of Jesus. If you're in a storm right now, pour over the words of Jesus. A few years ago, um, Brenda got me out in the yard. She wanted me to make a transplant, a bush from one part of the yard to another. I know, I don't know why, but anyway. So, you know, I got out there and I was shoveling around it like you have to to pull it out. And then there was one, it was it wouldn't go down, and so I jumped on it, got that spade right through it. And I realized that was a big root. I'm like, ah, it'll be all right, there's lots of roots. So I just pulled it out and I went over and put it in the other part that I had already dug. The next day it was all wilted because I cut the main root. And I think some of you, you... You've cut the main root. You're not tapped into Jesus. You're not tapped into what he says. You're just out on your own and you're going to wilt. You're already wilted. You're going to blow away. <laughs> Pour over the words of Jesus. Take a Bible with you today. Get on version. If you text Genesis, we'll send you the link for version. If you want the notes, just text Genesis. All that information is in there. I want to invite you to stand up right now. We're just going to reflect for a few moments and we'll have a prayer team up here on the right. If you need to cry out to the Lord and you need to do it and you want, you sense your heart needing to do something demonstrative, come forward. Grab a knee up here. Just grab a knee up here and cry out to the Lord. We'll have some prayers over here at the end that you can pray with. Dear Lord, as we just end up this time, may your spirit move in our hearts and may you show us what steps we need to take to walk with you, to honor you and your reaching out to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.